All right, let me pray, and then we're going to jump in. Father, I love you. Lord, I want the same thing I wanted last week. I want the gospel to shine into our hearts, and I want us to know who we are, and I want us to know what belongs to us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, we've been talking about the house of God. You are seated in the house of God. We built this building. We designated it as a place to meet with God. And every seven days, every Sunday, we gather here. We gather gather here on Wednesday. Right here in this room is Ground Zero. Many of you have been in this room as students in Ground Zero. And it happens right here on Wednesday. We found out that when we come to God's house, one of the most important things that we do is we have our expectation turned on. Out at the red desk, I have the T-shirt that uh, someone made and gave to me. And I have it on that little mannequin just to remind you uh, to turn on your expectation. Somebody asked me in the early service, are we going to sell them? And I said, I don't know. We, we certainly could. So uh, we, we can talk about that later. But I want that to remind you that's what this is. It's just a silly little example uh, that when you come into God's house, you turn on your expectations. Listen, God responds to expectation. God responds to humility. God responds to faith. And when you show up here, it's so important that you need something from God. And that when you come in here, you're not just going through the motions. Listen, you're not here this morning to make brownie points with God. You're not here this morning to try to get something, you know, to happen in your life. You're here because you want to meet with God. And God, I need something from you. So we found out it's so important that we're not here just going through the motions, okay? That is so deadly just to show up because it's your religious duty. No, you show up with your expectation. Hey, God, I need something from you. Listen, I've got things in my life. I know you've got things in your life that you need God to do. And God responds to that. When you have expectation, when you have your faith released, God responds to it. Then what have we found out? Well, we found out that this is the house of mercy, This is not the house of judgment. This is not the house of condemnation. Listen, I'm not holding up a Holy Spirit measuring stick and measuring your life, your conduct, your behavior up against some standard. Then you have to meet a certain standard every week. And then no matter how high you jump, you have to jump higher the next time. No, that's not what this is. See, this is not the house of judgment. Now, sometimes, sadly, we've all done it. We can be that way sometimes toward each other. But listen, God is never that way. So you've come into the house of mercy. We found out in Lamentations that his mercy is new every morning. It doesn't matter what you did today. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last week, last month, or 10 years ago. God is extending his hand, and that hand is filled with mercy. The second thing we found out is it's the house of wholeness. The word wholeness means to be sound. When I came into the house of God in the early days of my life, I was broken. Now, I'm not saying I'm all fixed and all better. Don't misunderstand me. I'm still on that journey. But when I showed up, showed up in the house of God, I had some areas in my life that were broken. And God took me by the hand and he began to lead me on this journey of wholeness. Listen, God wants you to be of sound mind. He wants you to be of sound body. He wants wholeness in your relationships. He wants wholeness in your children. He wants wholeness in your grandchildren. And God leads you on that journey of wholeness. And we found out that we are in the house of wholeness where God sets the oppressed free. Oppression to me is always that thumb. Listen, I've been oppressed. I know some of you have been oppressed. 
God wants to bring you out of that into wholeness. Then what's the next thing we found out? We found out it's the house of healing. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good. Listen, God wants to do good in your life. One of the life verses in my life is on our wall, Jeremiah 29, 11. The reason it's there is that verse is meaningful to me. I cut my teeth on it spiritually as a young man, and it means something to me. It's one of my life verses. Listen, God's intentions for you are good. Jesus went about doing good and healing. What? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So we found out this is the house of healing. Listen, every time you gather in this place, God wants to do miracles. And whether you need healing in your heart, healing in your mind, healing in your body. Hey, I need some healing in my marriage. It doesn't matter. Wherever in your life you need God, you turn on your expector and you're in the house of healing. And he promised that he would do it. The next thing we found out is this is the house of deliverance. I think that's one of my favorites. Okay, it means to escape. Deliverance means to escape or to slip out. To escape. Do you remember if you were here last, last week in this service? I didn't do it in the early service last week, but I went ahead and did it uh, in the early service. The devil wants to corner you. The devil wants to hem you in. Almost if you've ever seen a boxing match, then the guy that's getting it done to him is up in the corner with his hands up, and, and the champion is, is laying into him. That's exactly what the devil wants to do to you. He wants to corner you. He wants to hem you in, and he wants to use your addictions. He wants to use your regrets. He wants to use your brokenness. He wants to use your hurt. And he wants to punch you. And he wants to drive you back into a corner. But God's word says that this is the house of deliverance. God's word says that he will make a way of escape for you. That you can slip out into an open place. Think of the difference of being cornered versus being out in an open place where there's escape. You are in the house of deliverance. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing, delivering all those who were oppressed of the devil. Then the last one we talked about last week is this is the house of wisdom. You see, wisdom is a person. Wisdom is not a creed. It's not like, hey, pastor, sit down and write me the top 10 things I need to do to be wise. And I I could do that. Okay, I could write down some things you need to do to be wise, but we found out that wisdom is a person, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you have Jesus, you have wisdom. The Bible says that Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And I don't have time to talk about every single one of those. That's not where I'm going. But I just want to remind you, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you have wisdom. The word of God is the wisdom of God. In just a moment, I'm going to read out of the scriptures. I'm going to read to you the wisdom of God. Every time you read your Bible, you read the wisdom of God. In Proverbs, it says that in wisdom's right hand is long life, then in her left hand is riches and honor. Now, let me say it one more time. In her right hand is long life, and in her left hand is riches and honor. I don't know anybody, Mario, that doesn't want long life. Right? Now, I've lived a fairly long time. Not, not, you know, right? I mean, but I want some more. 
In fact, I've never met anybody that says, oh, I'm done. Even people, I know some people in their 90s, and if you ask them, are you done? They'll say, no, I know. Right, my wife's mother is in her late 80s, and she says, you don't understand, I'm not done. I don't know anybody that doesn't want long life. Then the kicker is in left hand is riches and honor. Now, I know you don't want any of that, right? You don't, you don't want any riches, and you don't want any honor. Okay, think about all the places we go looking for wealth, looking for honor, looking for long life. Think of the things you've bought in the vitamin aisle to take because somebody that you don't know told you if you take it or drink it or rub it on, it'll give you something that you, right? I've done it, right? You know, have y'all ever drank kefir? Y'all know what kefir is? Now, I like kefir. Okay, kefir is like a liquid yogurt. Well, my kids hate it, okay, and they wouldn't drink it for nothing. And you say, well, Pastor, why do you drink it? Well, somebody told me it's good for your digestive system. And so, so I believed them, you know, hook, line, and sinker. I'm like a bass that hit a bug, and, and, and I drink it, okay? Wisdom has long life and riches and honor. You're in the house of wisdom. And every time you come in this place, in just a minute, I'm going to saturate you with the wisdom of God because I'm going to read out of the Word of God. Here's the next thing that the house of God is. This is the house of praise. This is the house of praise. I want to read two scriptures to you this morning. I want to read to you out of Psalms 100, starting with verse 1. Now, this is the NIV translation, and I'm going to read five verses, and I want you to listen to what God says in Psalms 100. He says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. We just did that, didn't we? Man, the songs we just did, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, It says, come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. Now, there's a lot in that. And I just want to bring your attention to verse 4. Listen carefully to what this says. It says, enter his gates or his doors or his house. Okay, enter the house of God. How am I supposed to enter? With thanksgiving. And I'm supposed to enter his courts with praise. And I'm supposed to give thanks to him and praise his name. You and I are in the house of praise. And one of the things we do here is we praise our God. We worship our God. Did you know that there's over 300 verses in the Bible that talk about singing? 300 verses that talk about singing. Let me read you another verse. Let me read to you out of uh, Psalms 33, verse 1 through 3. Listen to what this says. It says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It's fitting for the upright to praise him. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but I just described you. What do you mean you just described me? Okay. Well, Mario, since you're right there, I'll just use you, brother. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. Now, I know you know Jesus is your Savior, so you're righteous. Okay, you may not look righteous, but you are, amen? I mean, you may, you may not smell righteous, but you are, amen? Okay, you're righteous. If you know Christ, you're righteous. So this is for you. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. I love this next word. It's fitting, it's upright, it's the right thing to do to praise him. 
you and I are in the house of praise. And one of the things we do here is we, we worship and we praise our God. Now, I want to just share some things with you to help you understand this better. Let me tell you, first off, uh, we have an amazing, amazing worship band here in this church. And they make it so easy to worship God because I'm going to read a verse to you in just, in just a minute. Uh, and it says, no, and it's right, it's right here, Psalms 33, 1 through 3. It says, let me read it to you. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It's fitting and upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre, which is the guitar, right? Sing to him a new song and play skillfully and shout for joy. Listen, we're so blessed that those farmers over in Nazareth learned to play the guitar and the drums and the keyboard, and the, amen, and that they come over here, and that they lead worship, and they make, listen, I could worship to two sticks being beat together, but it's sure a lot easier when uh, they know what they're doing, and the scripture says to play skillfully, amen? We're so blessed to have the worship that we have. Would y'all give them a hand clap, please? Amen. Now, I just read that we're supposed to be singing. And I know if I had Greg get up here, he could probably point to those of you who didn't sing. Now, he said in the early service he would not do that, but he could do it. Amen. Listen, God is asking us to sing. God is asking us to be joyful, and he's provided a place and and an opportunity for us to do that. Let me tell you what worship is not. Okay, it's not a prelim. It's not a prelim. What's a prelim? Well, a prelim is something that happens before that, which is really important, is supposed to happen. Okay, listen, our praise and worship, our offering time, our ministry of the word time, all are important and all matter. Worship is not a preliminary before what's really important comes along. Let me ask you a question. If I were to get a hold of you this week, And I said, hey, I talked to Jesus on Sunday afternoon, and he wanted me to get a hold of you because on Tuesday at 9 o'clock in the morning, he wants to meet with you. And I I called you or I messaged you, whatever I did, but I got a hold of you. And I said, hey, Tuesday at 9, Jesus would like to meet with you. Now, I've got three questions I want to ask you. Would you make time to meet with him? Number two, would you be on time to meet with him? Number three, when you got to the meeting, would you have something to write with or to write on in case he maybe said something he needed you to remember? Let me ask you again. Would you you make time for the meeting? Would you be on time for the meeting and maybe bring something, phone, iPad, doesn't matter, pencil, paper, but you'd have some way to record something in case he said something you needed to remember? Okay, every Sunday... Every Sunday at 9 and 1045 at Tulia Christian Fellowship, God sends out an invitation, and he wants to meet with you. Every Sunday at 9, every Sunday at 1045, he wants to personally meet with you with your brothers and sisters. Do you have time for the meeting? Will you be on time for the meeting? And will you bring some way to be able to record something in case, not pastor, right, Not in case pastor says something important, but in case God Almighty says something, the Lord Jesus Christ says something, the Holy Spirit says something to you, he whispers something into your heart, and you think, you know, maybe I'll write that down. 
Okay, worship is not a prelim. It's one of the most important things. Here's what happens, really. If you'll show up with your expector turned on, if you'll show up and get you a donut and get you a latte, get you a smoothie, get you a coca mocha, whatever you want, just get you something to drink. Y'all all know that's just bait, right? Y'all are flies and that's fly paper. You know that, right? Amen. Then it said that we have to use sugar to get you to church, but it works. Amen. So you get here, you get your latte, you get your smoothie, you get your donuts, you come in here, you've preheated your oven, your heart's warmed up, you turn on your expector and you show up in this place. Listen, when you do that and you worship, it's so much easier to preach because your heart's open and you're ready. See, if you don't worship and your heart's kind of cold and it takes the whole time of praise and worship to kind of get your oven preheated, it's harder. So worship's not a prelim. Listen to the next thing that it's not, okay? It's not based on mood or emotion. It's not based on mood or emotion. Well, hey, I don't feel like worshiping God today. Or, hey, I'm not in the mood to worship God today. You see, it's not based on mood or emotion. Here's what else it's not based on. It's not based on your life going well. Well, hey, I I know why pastor can worship on the front row. I know why he's got his hands in the air. My gosh, his life is going great. I mean, I know why Lou can worship on the front row when she's in here uh, because her life is going great. I know Jonathan's life's going great, so he's got everything he wants, and so so he can worship God. No, y'all know it's not about that, right? It's not about your mood. It's not about your emotions. It's not about everything going your way. In fact, the worse things are going, the more you ought to be worshiping God. Let me tell you what it is about. Let me read to you out of Revelation 4.11. Listen to what Revelation 4.11 says. It says, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Would you leave that verse up? Listen to it one more time. You are worthy. That's why I worship. That's why you're supposed to worship. Why? Because he's worthy. Not my mood, not my emotions, not everything going my way. But because why? He's worthy. Listen, you are worthy, our Lord and God. You're worthy to receive glory. You're worthy to receive honor. You're worthy to receive power. You created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Now listen to me. Mario, the only reason you're in that chair. I'm, I just, you're there, brother. I'm sorry. You just, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I, I could do Jindy, but I'd rather, I'd rather get you, right? Stephen, the only reason you exist is because it's the will of God. Jason, the only reason you exist is because of the will of God. The Scripture says right there that God created all things, and they were created by His will. The only reason I exist is because God wanted me to exist. The only reason you exist is because God wanted you to exist. Listen, he created you, he's redeemed you, and he's sustaining you. I'm going to spend eternity with God in heaven in paradise because he sent his son to die on the cross for me. He's worthy. Jesus hung between heaven and earth on a cross. He was held up by nails, but nails didn't keep him on the cross. Love did. Nails didn't keep him on the cross. Love did. And he hung on that cross and he allowed humanity to crucify him because of his love for you and his love for me. And he is worthy. That's pretty powerful. Let me tell you what else praise is. It's an act of my will. It's an act of obedience and humility toward God. 
It's an act of my will. It's an act of obedience. And it's an act of humility. I've said it already. You heard me say it already this morning. If you'll come in this place with a humble heart, God is attracted to that. But you come in full of pride. You come in full of arrogance. You come in full of self-sufficiency. Listen, a step into self-sufficiency is always a step away from God. But you come in this place with your expector turned on. You come in this place with humility. And you come in this place with an obedient heart. Why am I going to worship God? Because I'm obedient. April 28th, 2017, that was on a Friday, uh, I was scheduled that Tuesday to have my open heart surgery. Okay, y'all know. I mean, I'm going in to have an aortic valve replacement and to have an aortic aneurysm repaired. It's already scheduled. That Friday, I'm down here mowing the church, and I'm fine. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm not hurting or anything, so I can mow. And so I'm mowing and getting everything ready, and then Tuesday, I'm going to have surgery. Well, my uh, brother's daughter calls and says, hey, dad's been in a plane crash. And my first words to her are, is he okay? And her words to, to me were, no, he's not. He, he's dead. And it's over and it's done and it's already happened. And he passed away tragically on April 28th. So Friday, my brother is killed. Tuesday, I'm having open heart surgery. And in between those two events is Sunday. And I'm in church. Now I know. Now and I don't. I don't want you to take me wrong. I, man, I don't. I don't want to come across as arrogant or anything like that. That's not my heart. And I know it's easy to say. Well, you're the preacher. Of course, you were here. You're the preacher. And but I just want you to know through those two events, uh, I was in church, and because I'm. I love God, and because I, I was obedient, and because as an act of my will, I'm hurting. I'm hurting terribly. I'm hurting. I, I have a burning hurt in my soul, but I love my Father, and I don't understand, but I trust Him. I said, I don't understand, but I trust Him, and I know He loves me, and I know He loves my brother, and I know my brother and I will be together again. I worship God. I worship God. I didn't go to my brother's funeral, and the reason I didn't go is I couldn't go because I'd had open-heart surgery, and I was in the hospital for 12 days, and so they had his funeral without me. Now, I could have postponed the surgery, but my brother would have kicked my butt if I'd have done that, and uh, he would have been so mad at me if, if I had. And I could have called and said, hey, I want to put it off. Oh, he would have been mad. So I, so I knew not to do that. So I, and, he, and his family said, oh, Dad would be mad if you did that. So I went ahead and had the surgery. And again, I'm not saying this to be prideful or to be arrogant, because that's not my heart at all. I just want you to know as an act of my will, as an act of obedience, as an act of humility, Father, I love you. And I'm thankful for eternity, and I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful that even though my brother's passed away, I know he was a believer, and I know he's in heaven, and I know I'm going to see him again. And, uh, you know, my surgery was a pretty big deal. My family, you know, I mean, we're, I was worried. I, I, I was scared. I'll tell you, I was scared. You know, before I went into the operating room, I'm scared. My gosh, you know, it's not like we're going to go have a picnic, right? And so, you know, here's what I thought, Lord, I, you know, of course, Lord, I, I want to live. I want to be okay. I didn't want to go into surgery and then open my eyes and my brother be leaning over the, the, the operating room and say, what's up, bro? Because that would have meant it would have been bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Then Rusty would have been gone too. So, so I didn't want that. to. I do want that to happen later. Amen. But I just didn't want it to happen that Tuesday. Listen, it's not about your life going the way you want it to. 
And it's about recognizing what God has done to you. I want to read to you out of Isaiah 25, 1. And I just want to make a couple more points and then we're going to stop. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 25, 1. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you've done wonderful things things planned long ago. I said already, I don't understand what happened to my brother, but I trust God. Listen to what it says. God, you are perfect in faithfulness. You've done wonderful things, things planned long ago. There's two thoughts I want to close with. Number one, my worship is based on what God has done and is doing in my life. My praise is based on what God has done and is doing in my life then the last thought is it's based on my deliverance. Listen, I know where I come from. I know where I would be without the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, you remember when I came into the house of God when I was a young man, I dropped out of college because of my father's death, so I'm uneducated. I felt like I was an orphan and on my own because my father's dead. Financially, I'm broke, and physically, I'm sick. I mean, I, I wasn't doing too good. And God put me on the road of deliverance. God brought me into the house of wholeness. And my life is so good now. I'm so blessed now. Uh, everything that I ever hoped and dreamed for in my life has come true. I've had to get new dreams. I mean, I've got a, a great wife who I love. I've got great kids. I've got great grandkids. Listen, God has done more in my life than I could have ever imagined back when I'm 18, 19, 20, and my dad has died. Listen, I praise him because I've been delivered. You see, I praise him because when I look back, I think about what God's done for me and where I'd listen, I'd be dead, I'd be in prison. Uh, I, you know, I know you're thinking, Pastor, how could you be dead and in prison both? Well, I'd, I'd, if I didn't die, I'd been in prison, right? I would have been a drug addict or an alcoholic. Who knows what would have happened to my life? Listen, I'm, I married a woman who's so much better than me. Uh, I look across this room at you men, your wife, some of your wives already poked you. Yeah, man. Okay, listen, I don't know how God convinced Vicky. I think he blinded her, right? Have you heard those stories where people wake up out of comas and you have to tell them that's what happened to Vicky? When she woke up, I said, ha, 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 you're married to me. And I've been trying, and I'm keeping her there ever since, amen? God, listen, God's been good to me. And because he's been good to me, it's easy to praise him. Let me tell you one more thing. Uh, on our website, tcf.church, I have put a link to a TED Talk. Some of you may know what TED Talks are. Some of you may not. doesn't matter. It's a link to a lady named Amy Cuddy, and she's a psychologist. And she does a 20-minute talk about body language. And all you have to do is go to tcf.church, and it's right there. You can click on it, and you can watch it. I want to encourage you to get on there and watch it. She talks about body language. And it's 20 minutes long. I can't talk to you about everything she talks about. But I just want to say one thing about it. Hopefully, you'll get online today and watch it. It's just 20 minutes. She talks about how you, when you stand, uh, she talks about like raising your hands or putting your hands on your hip, that when you do those things, that it releases uh, feel-good chemicals in your brain, and it makes you feel better about yourself. Well, when I'm watching it, I have to turn it off and get up and run around the room because she says, you know, when you hold up your hands like this, and she says you tilt your head back a little bit, and you do this, that it makes you feel better about you, and she said it'll even affect your life and the decisions you make. Well, you know what it made me think of, right? Church! 
It made me think about church. I mean, and you, and, you know, and you know what it made me think of? It made me think about me, and I don't usually stand by you, bro, and I know that, but some Sunday I need to, amen, right? It made me think about being right over there and, and doing this, and Lord, I love you, and I praise you. The Bible says, by the way, lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay, lift up holy hands. And so it made me think about standing there. Now, I don't mind doing this at the football game at all, right? I don't, I don't mind acting a fool at the football game, amen, or the basketball game, right? Right, I can act a fool, you know, and nobody says, hey, stop, you're offending me. Do they? No, nobody does that at the football game, right? But pastor, I don't know if I can do that. Everybody's watching me. Well, number one, they're not watching. Amen. So it made me think about, and this lady talks about, and she's a psychologist. She's not even a Christian. And she says that when you stand with your feet apart and you kind of put your head back and you put your hands up, that it does something to you mentally and emotionally. So I put a link to it. It's, her name is Amy Cuddy. It's a TED Talk, and it's about 20 minutes long. Please get on today and watch it because it just ties into what I'm saying, and I don't have time to talk about everything that she talks about, but it's really good. If you've watched TED Talks, you know they're good. They're good, and you will enjoy it. Listen, we're in the house of praise, amen? amen. Now, can I, can, I just read the, can I just read the list? This is the house of mercy, the house of wholeness, the house of healing, the house of deliverance, the house of wisdom, and the house of praise. Whatever you need, God is in this place to meet it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you.